Welcome to The Courage Effect. I'm Suzanne Weller, and this is a show about growth and unleashing what's possible. You will hear inspiring stories about what courage looks like, how we navigate what's getting in our way, and the opportunities that surface when we choose courage over comfort. Let's get started. Welcome to The Courage Effect. This is Suzanne. It's wonderful to have you here today. I am thrilled to have my guest, Karen Sachs, joining for a conversation about photography and all things courage. So Karen Sachs is somebody that we were we were trying to figure out how long ago we met, and we will share that story with you a little bit. She is the founder and CEO of The Loop, a one-stop production marketplace helping underrepresented photographers and creators connect with one another and brands all over the world. Responding to what she saw as an absence of brands hiring women photographers, Karen started the loop with the mission to get more women and non-binary photographers connected with jobs to generate income for themselves. Today, the loop has curated a community of photographers spanning more than 65 countries, working with brands like Sweetgreen, Uber, Peloton, and Clean Canteen. Karen has spent the bulk of her career working with photographers and businesses to shape their visions, holding roles at Shutterstock, the National Geographic Society, the Wall Street Journal, and Martha Stewart Living Omni Media, just to name a few. She is based in New York, where she lives with her family. And if you are a photography nerd like me, I highly recommend following Karen and The Loop on Instagram for some beautiful visual inspiration. Karen, welcome to The Courage Effect. Thanks so much. Such a pleasure to be here. Well, so we both have a shared love of photography, and that's actually how we met um, with our with my time in the business, which I am no longer in. But uh, it's definitely a shared passion. And obviously, for you, it has continued to and it's been a core thread in who you are and what you do. I'd love to hear a little bit about why you love photography so much. Sure. I, I smile when I think about the word photography, and I um, think about what it means to me. I I'm a visual person. I see in images. Um, when I f- think about things, I think about them very visually and remembering every detail. Um, and I take snapshots in my mind constantly. I first picked up a camera in high school. I was 15, 16 years old. That's a story that you hear from so many photographers. I see it on websites all the time. When I was 16, my grandfather gave me a camera. For me, when I was that age, I got a used camera from my mom that had been passed from one of my brothers to the next brother and then to me. And I took a high school photography class and I just fell in love with it. I felt seen. I also felt like I could hide. I could be anything behind a camera as I was taking pictures. And it's kind of this love affair that has continued throughout my life. Mm, Love that. And how did you actually turn that love into into work? How did you actually start your journey sure. in the industry? Yeah, I I think people around me quickly realized how much photography meant to me and grown-ups, adults around me. Uh, I started working that following summer at a photo studio in a mall. I was 16 years old. It was my first real job outside of babysitting. Uh, and the mall was not close by. Um, it was quite a drive. I remember going there and being in this studio in the back of a uh, photo print shop. Do those even exist anymore? Those in malls, they used to be in malls everywhere where you could get your photos printed and in the back, you could get a family photo taken. And I, I loved the creation of images. I was pretty terrible at that job. I made a lot of mistakes. Everything was on film, uh, but I learned a lot. 
And I knew that I wanted to continue exploring that. And like many young photographers, I had my hopes set on working at National Geographic one day. I, I felt like that's where I needed to go. And I, for a long time, envisioned myself kind of out in the field, out in the jungle, taking pictures, telling stories. And I think that that dream is, um, you know, resonates with so many others. I went to school for photography at the University of Michigan. I have a BFA in photography. And while I was there, I started to explore other things beyond photography. And it really hit me that my love for photography was more about the communication, was more about connecting with people, was more about storytelling. So simultaneously, I did a degree, a BA in American studies. I wanted to dive deeper into culture. I wanted to study it. I wanted to understand it more. Uh, and I felt like to be a better photographer, to be a better visual storyteller, I needed to know everything around me. And so that curiosity that I had uh, was deeply enriched through my experience at the University of Michigan. Um, and after school, I still had that dream. I wanted to be at National Geographic. So I sent letters and I made phone calls and I did everything I could, um, calling random people on the phone to just see who I could get through at the company, at the organization, to try to land a job there. Uh, and soon enough, it, it actually didn't feel soon enough, but in August after I graduated, I got a call from uh, National Geographic Kids magazine and they had a position for an assistant. I didn't get it. I didn't get the job, uh, but I got a different job. I met the right people, and then they called me for a photo assistant job, which was the right job for me at the time. And I started my career there. Uh, and I knew then that photography would always be something that I did and that I worked in. Such a great story. I mean, I love your your tenacity <laughs> with writing letters. Yes. I mean, just even knowing yes. that's what you wanted to do and and starting it off. Yeah, I I had my eyes set on something, and I wanted to make it happen, and I wasn't willing to give that up. I toyed with the idea of going to law school. I studied for the LSATs and took the LSATs. I thought, you know, I, I didn't truly understand the depth of photography and of visual storytelling and all the things that you could do. Um, I knew about magazines and I just felt like I needed to be there and I needed to be at a magazine. And that's what I envisioned for myself. So um, though I think Part of me was thinking, maybe I should go be a lawyer. Maybe I should go to law school. Uh, a bigger part of me knew that that the visual life that I needed to live was out there, and I just had to figure out how to get it. The visual life that you needed to live. That yes. is absolutely fantastic. And I yeah. can very much relate to that. I love Good. <laughs> I figured you could. <laughs> <laughs> so there's obviously a shift from being behind the lens to being more about that storyteller in other ways. Talk a, yes. talk a little bit about that. Yeah, Absolutely. While I was at Geographic, I met lots of photographers. And I remember, as we talk about courage, I remember being in the elevator with different photographers, photographers whose work I had studied in school and had been studied over the years through the pages of the magazine. And I'd be in the elevator with them, sometimes alone, you know, just happenstance. And I'd be so nervous to say hello and to talk to them. And I remember telling this to one of my parents' friends, their best friends. And the husband said to me, you have to work up the courage. You have to say hello. What do you have to lose? And I took that and use that now <laughs> throughout my life saying hello to people. 
But I started having those conversations. I started to say hello and introduce myself and make myself known and not be the little assistant, which is how I saw myself and imagined other people saw me. And I started to hear about their lives. And I would go drop off film at the... um, you know, to get developed at Geographic, there was a place in the building and I would see the photographers dropping off their film and I would strike up conversations and learn from them. And at the same time, I was learning what it took to put out a magazine. And what I found was I was more interested in that. I was more interested in the team aspect of building something, which will come back to later in my life, um, I wanted to build and create. And what I realized is I love being around people. And what I noticed was the solo life as a photographer, being out in the field, was not the life for me, was not the life that I truly wanted to live. I get tremendous joy working on a team and being in the office, truly. And I didn't know that until I was there. And so that's when that change happened, when I realized that I was stronger at giving feedback, stronger at working with the photographers and working with the creatives than necessarily being the creative myself, being the photographer out there creating the content. Mm, So finding a strength you didn't even necessarily know that you had. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what a fantastic story about just talking to somebody in the elevator. Cause uh, yeah, I've been there. I've been like, oh my God, I'm in an elevator with this person. So yeah, good for you for actually mustering the courage to say something, even if it was just saying hi. Right, exactly. And, you know, the whole concept of being starstruck, for me, stars have always been photographers. Those are the people who I studied, and those are the people that I look to for inspiration. So being in the elevator with a photographer, I felt starstruck, and I had to work past that and see them as just people, and see them as people who did really interesting things and really courageous things and beautiful, brilliant um things that, you know, came from these minds, but I had to see them as people. And I think that has then served me uh, throughout my career, um, not separating that experience of of different types of people. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it's true. I mean, we do build people up, right? The whole idea of, I mean, yeah. starstruck, fangirl. Right. Exactly. <laughs> fangirl. Yeah. Yes. It just like yeah. turns you, turns you back into that 13 year old or whoever you are. Right. I very much felt that and and still feel connected to that today. But yes, exactly. <laughs> well, and obviously some major twists and turns in, in your career and in your life over that yeah. period of time. And it's I, I, I am so looking forward to you sharing more about founding the loop. So yeah. and that's I, I know we have to go to a break in, a, in about a minute. So but as you start to think about the, the loop, just give a quick overview of like when you started it and what was really yeah. the thing that drove that decision. Yeah, throughout my career, it was the women photographers who obviously I felt connected to, but who supported me and cheered me on. And I noticed as I worked at all these different places that women photographers often weren't getting the jobs that they wanted to get. They weren't being considered. They were being looked over. And I wanted to do something to help them. And I also wanted to help brands tell more diverse, more interesting stories. And I saw the connection between the two things. And I wanted to bring that together. And that's where the idea of the loop truly came from. Oh, fantastic. Well, let's take a break. When we come back, you can talk more about founding it and, you know, all of the amazing things that you're doing there. So if you're if you're joining us or if you've been here, this is Suzanne. You're listening to The Courage Effect. We will be right back. Job search doesn't have to be painful. Wouldn't it be great if you had someone to guide you through your job search or career exploration? 
Since 2013, Plum Coaching has provided job search, career coaching, resume, and LinkedIn profile expertise to clients around the world. Plum's coaches are former recruiters who have more than 15 years experience in every type of industry, including tech, real estate, construction, manufacturing, and nonprofit. Their coaches take what they know about hiring and put it in service to their clients. If job search is a challenge, or if you're exploring a new career direction, Plum is here to help. They'll work with you to turn what feels like a slog into an adventure. Visit PlumSeattle.com for details and information on their services. Maybe it's time for a partner like Plum. Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional-sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Hi, I'm Arielle Winter. If you're anything like me, your pets are not only your best friends, they're part of your family. American Humane, which has been rescuing animals like Cleo here for more than 100 years, has life-saving tips that can make a big difference before, during, and after disasters such as hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, or wildfires. So when disaster strikes, you want to be prepared to protect them. Be sure to microchip or tag your pets. Never leave them behind in a major crisis, and be sure to have an emergency kit ready in your home at all times with a pet crate or carrier, leash, blanket, ID, and medications, their water bowl, and seven to 10 days worth of food. To find out how to protect your entire family during a disaster and help our best friends in their worst times, please visit AmericanHumane.org. Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Welcome back to The Courage Effect. This is Suzanne Weller, and I am in conversation with Karen Sachs. So Karen, when we left off, we were talking about our love of photography and really how that you know, how you springboarded an entire career around that. And now you have founded The Loop. So talk to us a little bit about your organization and what it what inspired you to start it? Sure. So I found myself um, after after years of being in the industry, seeing the editorial side, seeing the commercial side, seeing the stock photo licensing side, which we, I guess, met through, really, I, I noticed gaps in the marketplace. I noticed that there were things that weren't happening that I thought should happen. And then I found myself out of a job and pregnant. And I remember being five months pregnant. All of my connections were in the photo industry. Everything I loved was surrounded by it. And I thought, I'm not done yet. This isn't, this isn't it for me. What am I going to do next? Um, and I knew that I needed to build something. I needed to find that thing myself and build it and build what I saw was missing in the industry. And that's truly where the loop came from, this desire to fill a gap 
fill a need. I saw that brands were having a very hard time getting authentic content, getting diverse content, getting unique and global content. And I saw that women creators, photographers, directors, we're often getting passed up for jobs or not getting the opportunities. People didn't know where to find them. I heard that all the time. And so I wanted to bring that together. Um, and I, I started calling people. I called in a lot of favors. I called people who I'd worked with in the past and told them this idea. I called photographers who I had worked with over the years. And I started to put together a group of about 40 photographers who I had worked with. And I said, we're going to be called The Loop. <laughs> And I put them all on a Slack channel so we could talk to one another. And I started an Instagram and I reached out to more friends and asked for help, found a lawyer, created an entity, bought the domain after I went through every camera part trying to figure out what I could call the company, landed on the loop. Um, if you're familiar with a loop, that's something that you look through to look at photos, to look at negatives and film. Uh, jewelers also look at it, use it to look at diamonds, jewelry. Um, and I, I loved the name and I liked um, changing it instead of L-O-U-P-E, L-U-U-P-E. I felt a connection to that, to the two U's, to the double U's. And that's really how the loop came to be was this desire, this passion within me to create, to build. I'd gotten that bug at previous jobs, and now I really wanted to build something so much bigger. Um, and I wanted to help people. I wanted to do good in the world. Five months pregnant out of a job and starting to build something entirely new, which, as you said, filling the gaps in the marketplace, which are were pretty big gaps and Huge. still are. So, Huge. but brava, yeah. that's, that's pretty remarkable. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my son likes to think that he's the one who gave me the idea when he was inside of me. And we, you know, <laughs> there's some truth to that. There's some truth to a, wanting to leave this world a better place for your children and wanting to have a mark and and, and to build and, and do good by others. Um, and that's really at the core mission of the loop. Uh, and I often saw that when companies sprung up in the industry, it wasn't necessarily by people who knew anything about the industry and knew what was needed. It was people who saw an idea and just made it happen. And I wanted to come at it as somebody who had worked in the industry, who had worked with photographers, worked with creators, worked with brands, and build something after seeing what was missing. Um, and, and that's what I went for. And the team that started working with me at the very beginning, the early days, many of him worked for me for free because I had no money to pay them. Um, they believed in this core mission. They believed in the mission that's still true today. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I'm thinking about, you know, storytelling and, and asking for money, asking for investment. So talk to us, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. When I, when I step back, and at that time, when I stepped back and thought about what I wanted to build, I knew that capital was needed to build it. I knew I needed to go out and raise money. Now, I am a non-traditional founder. I'm a woman. I'm a non-traditional founder. I don't come from the background that most founders come from, most founders who get VC backing come from. 
And I needed to go out there and figure it out and learn. And I would take any and every meeting I could get. This was just before the pandemic started. I started meeting with as many companies as I could, as many VCs as I could. Um, I would ask for connections, ask for intros. I found a few people to be angel investors, people who knew me um, and understood the passion and my dedication and wanted to support what I was going to build. So I raised about $100,000 that way. And then I sought out more capital. And at the same time, I was building the business. So I knew that we needed to generate revenue as quickly as possible and put that revenue right back into the business. One of our first customers was SoundCloud. And then we started working with Peloton and it just snowballed from there. I was getting bigger and bigger brands working with us. More and more photographers wanted to be part of this. The team was growing and we needed the resources. Uh, so I, I went out again and just pounded the pavement virtually because the pandemic had started at this point. Yeah. Um, and I was on LinkedIn all day, connecting with as many people as I could and asking them for intros. And somebody introed me to a VC who became our lead um, in our round, in our seed round. And we ended up closing $3 million. It was probably the hardest thing that I have ever done, but I felt like if I could do that, <laughs> then I can do anything. And uh, we put that money right into the business, hired more people that we needed to hire uh, and started to expand and, and really build out the technology that we wanted to build. That's great. I'm also hearing a lot about uh, trust and those relationships and keep keeping them alive. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. My grandmother always said, don't burn bridges. And I believe in that. I, I believe that you keep relationships, you make good impressions, you work well with people and you keep those relationships, you know, as long as possible. And I, I feel like that has really come to serve me and others well. You know, when you think back to how we met, we met in 2001, 2002, we've known each other all of these years throughout various careers, various jobs. Um, I feel like you've seen me grow up. I was 22 when we first met, right? And, but that relationship has stayed intact and, you know, we've stayed connected. And I, I really love connecting with others. I love to network. Find me on LinkedIn if we're not connected to anyone listening. I, I believe in that and I believe in supporting other people. And that is that is such a clear thread for you. I mean, obviously, that is such a clear uh, value. I would say also with for you and and the loop as well is is supporting people and building community. I mean, as you said, like realizing that you wanted to be a part of a team, but how do you how do you really build a collective and leveraging the strength that and the possibility from that group of people? Right. And and that's been you know a very hard, challenging, and rewarding aspect of it. And we can't have the loop. We can't run our business with brands without having our community. To me, they go hand in hand. And often when I was out meeting with the venture capitalists, they wanted me to focus on one or the other. Either you're building community or you're chasing the revenue through the enterprise brand. But what I realized very early on and what differentiates us from anybody else out there is when a brand comes to us and a global brand, we work with Boston Consulting Group. We are photographing their locations worldwide. So that's not one photographer, one creator flying to all these different places. That is a different 
local photographer in every single community, and they're all part of the loop. So it's so important that our community grows and that we're everywhere. Today, we're in 65 plus countries around the world. Last year, I want to say we shot in 35 countries. That's what makes us really special and unique is that we collaborate with our photographers. So it's not only building community, but building teams within because we might put multiple photographers on an opportunity, working together, connecting, supporting one another. The greatest joy that I have is not only building this community, but bringing women in communities around the world income. That to me is kind of the biggest gift that I can continue to give and to build and to focus on through the loop. Mm, that's really powerful. And also the local markets that you talk about too. And that's, Absolutely. that's such a, such a great thing to, to have local impact and, and like authentic content. Right. Yep. I mean, cause we all know that is that everybody thinks like when we look at so many of these billboards or, you know, it's like, okay, mm -hmm. you know, you, you can't necessarily be what you can't see, right. The, the famous adage, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. that is incredibly important, especially when you're dealing with global organizations. Right. You want them to feel that local connection. You want the viewer to feel that local connection so they can see themselves in that image. They can see themselves being part of that company or being supporting that brand. And if it's somebody from somewhere else being flown in to take those pictures and create it, it's a different look. It's a different feel. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's not necessarily what's going to connect or resonate with the broadest group of people. When I send a photographer, when the loop, when we send somebody to do a shoot, we want them to speak the language and connect with the people who they're photographing or the stories that they're telling about. Like they, they should have that connection. And I believe that creates more authentic, more interesting images, more powerful content. Yeah, that's so powerful. Well, and also... So, so much of when we talk about, you know, you, you hire people, you bring people in, it's like, you don't want to force it into a cookie cutter. And I feel a lot of the time that's that, I mean, this is creative work at the same time. And how do you, how do you sort of create that? It's not even, I think that, you know, you talked about the polarity is like, you know, profit and community, obviously for mm -hmm. investors, but then also the creative side and doing that in a way that truly allows something to, to grow in and of itself. So it's not right. so boxed in. Right, exactly. And and giving people, giving creators the room to bring their creative vision and their mind to it. It's more than just clicking the shutter. It's telling that story and telling that story in a way that only they can um, because they're either local to that community, they're on the ground, or they're their experiences throughout their life have brought them to a place where they can tell a story in a certain way. And I think that's a really important aspect that's often kind of glossed over uh, as commercial content is created. Yeah. Well, I am so excited that you created the loop. What what is next for you and the loop? Uh, there's so much more. Um, we have a lot in store. Our community will continue to grow. We're working with some fantastic brands, and I can't wait to push that content out live and for you to see it on on social media and and elsewhere. And um, you know, we have we have some big plans and and a big vision. And I'll 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 keep you in the loop. Fantastic. Literally in the loop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had mentioned before, um, if people want to reach out to you, LinkedIn is the best way of doing yeah. that. Absolutely. I love hearing from people. I love connecting on LinkedIn. I, I think it's a great source to use and um, feel free to reach out. 
Okay, great. Uh, we'll make sure that your bio and the link to that is on our website. So the Courage Effect website. Karen, such a pleasure to see you. And it's it's good to re it's good to hark back to 20 plus years ago when I think of us in a in a conference room in Washington, DC. Yes. And us still being connected yes. today. So thank you Absolutely. for doing everything that you're doing and creating the community that you are. Thank you. And same to you. I'm thrilled that this is what you're doing with the podcast. And it's it's just fantastic. I love listening to it. So thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you, Karen. A pleasure to see you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay courageous. We will see you soon.